Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio... Our heroes narrowly escaped a duogar ambush in the hostile at Fire Hammerhole. Badly injured and with an enlarged gray dwarf on their tail, they made a hasty retreat back to the Iron Road. And as they galloped away, they knew full well that the fate of Jack and the Hold was in peril, and that a future duogar battle would be awaiting their return. Wheezies took one for the team. Dressage tricks were not done. Card pieces did get snagged. Sticky things got stuck in footies. Back on the Iron Road and seeking refuge from the gray-skinned usurpers, they decided to follow a wooded trail. Soon the stench of rotting flesh overcame their senses as they came upon a mass grave. A wave of disappointment, sadness, and anger filled their hearts as they realized that they had found the missing townsfolk of Jokin. After inspecting the grim scene, they also surmised that the poor townsfolk were enslaved, worked to death, and some even fed the giant spiders. But our heroes needed a long rest and time to plot their vengeance for joking. The long rest was uneventful until Elric woke with a start. He had a nightmare of conquest and murder. A nightmare that seemed real to him, a little too real. The party began to hypothesize what it could mean. Was it a stole from Gertrude? Or as Esmir suggested, Something even more spooky? But that mystery would have to wait. Their quest to find Jack and get some answers about Jokin was first and foremost in their hearts and minds. So, come first light, they made their way back to the hostel, opened a few secret doors, and found the grand entrance into Firehammer Hold. What lies in wait for our heroes under the mountain? Who is Jason Bourne? And why does he roll up newspapers and jam them into people's eyes? Why does Jake hate the smell of vanilla-scented candles? Eh, are concierges really that bad? I mean, they can be very helpful sometimes. But who knows? Let's find out in this episode of Scourge of the Sword Coast! So, you guys have made your way through the secret door in the Firehammerhold hostel. On the other side is a narrow passage. Cullen has made his way down it and discovered another secret door. And this door opens up to a grand stone staircase. And Cullen, you uh, peer out and see that to the left, the staircase leads up into darkness. To the right, it leads down about 20 feet into a room that's illuminated by flickering firelight. And then you hear gruff voices echoing up the staircase. And after a moment, you see a gray dwarf pacing in front of the room's entrance. Oh boy. Elric, at the edge of your drift globe's light, you see Cullen down at the end of the passage. What do you do? I wish to go up to, well, Jake, you're going to have to come with me. I'm going to yeah. go up to where Cullen is. Go for it. So let's go. And when you get there, I say, there's a, there's a Duggar just down there. And uh, there's a little bit of firelight. And then the stairs goes up over here to the, to the left. We south in the direction. And Alric, when you get up to Cullen and he tells you this, you suddenly become uh, conscious of your 
Driftglobe's light spilling out of the secret door and onto the dark staircase. Uh, shit. All right, I'm gonna douse it. I'm just, I'm just gonna turn my Driftglobe off. Okay. I'll be in the dark for a little bit. Esmir, come over here. Okay, hold down, I'm coming. What the hell's going on up here, bro? Apparently there's a staircase that goes up and a staircase that goes down. And at one side is a room with a Duragar in it. Pacing around, you see. (laughs) I have a feeling we're going to have to kill that guy. (laughs) (laughs) He's right at the bottom of the stairs. This might not be easy to do. If he's pacing around, is there a moment when we don't see him? Or do we always see him as he's pacing? Yeah, you kind of always see him. And he's also, you know, facing your direction mostly. Uh, it seems, uh, he seems to be acting as a lookout up these stairs. Damn. Mm. And he's also talking to someone else in the room that you can't see. Hmm. I think we're going to have to just go in and kill him. I'm going to have to turn on my drift glow because I can't see and Jake can't see without it. And... Eric, I've got an idea. Okay. Your drift globe. Yes. These guys are light sensitive. Okay. Can you maybe, I don't know, roll it down the stairs and then command it to suddenly turn on and become as bright as the sun? That might throw him off a bit. That might, because there is a daylight spell on it as well. You have to have it in your hand to turn it on, though. That's the thing. Otherwise, you could just rush in there with it in your upraised hand. No, it says, okay, this small sphere of, of thick glass weighs one pound. If you are within 60 feet of it, you can speak its command word and cause it to emanate the light or daylight spell. Once used, the daylight effect can't be used again until the next dawn. You can speak another command word as an action to make the illuminated globe rise into the air and float no more than five feet off the ground. Oh. If you move more than 60 feet, blah, blah, blah. Basically, I, can, I, can, I have to be within 60 feet of it. Sky is about, let's see, I'll control click him and see how far away he is. He's 35 feet away, well within range. Okay. So we could actually walk and attack. So you can roll your drift globe down the stairs, illuminate it, and then we charge. I can do that, I but I can't... think he could even move it without having to roll it. He could just move it into the room. Well, I don't think I'll be able to roll it. I'll have to give it to Cullen to roll it, because I can't see. Right. Uh, don't I need to be attuned? No, no. I mean, I, I, I just... I speak to... I never had to... You can still do the magic. Yeah. His very good friend, Esmir, gave him that present as a gift. <laughs> I got an idea. What? He's talking to somebody. There's more than one person in the room. What if... What if Asilius, who could see really well in here, takes the drift globe and flies it into the room? You and could he, do that. It weighs a pound. And then Elric says, you know, bright sunlight blind these guys and then rush in maybe get advantage ah. oh yeah that's a good idea alright AC are you up for that yeah yeah guys uh, AC said he's okay with it <laughs> <laughs> so this is the idea once Asilius is in the room next to the Dugar then Esmeralda can tap on Elric's shoulder and that's his cue to Shout the command for Daylightius. And then, when I hear that, I'll wait just a fraction of a second and then rush down the stairs and confront this Duger. Okay, that's cool. All right, so... I want to do something really quick before we do anything. I want to use my augury scroll. <laughs> to decide whether this plan has any chance of success? Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we need it. <laughs> You don't think so? I don't think we need it. I mean, I don't want to know. Okay. All right. I, I start to unroll it, and then I put it away. He's like, no, old man, put it away. El- Elric, don't, puts his hand, Elric puts his hand back on Jake. It's okay. It's okay. Put it away. Just put so it away, I just kind of, And I can't really see it anyway. I'm just kind of feeling this thing. And, um, and then I look down from where this voice is coming from and I say, okay, I'll save it for your next naked knife fight. Okay, do <laughs> next date night. Next date night. Date night, yeah. The next time save he picks up a hot one. Next yes. date How's night, yeah. How's this date gonna go? <laughs> okay. All right. 
All right. So what I'm doing, what I'm doing is I'm just getting ready to speak the command word. Okay. As soon as you know, I get tapped on the shoulder or the hip or whatever, I'm gonna speak the command word. Okay. Now I go, AC. Let's do this, buddy. Let's do it. Okay. So AC grabs the drift globe and uh, flaps out of the secret passage, and then turns and glides down the staircase and into the room. And then you hear the the surprise grunts of Durgar, mm. and then Esmir in your head, you hear AC. I'm in. <laughs> and then I just poke Esme, uh, Elric right in the side, right where it, it hurts. Go! <laughs> oh! And I shout, Daylightius for the rest of us. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. As Elric shouts that, you all see the staircase light up with bright daylight. And uh, down in the room, you hear the surprised and and pained grunts of Durgar. <sighs> All right, Cullen, it's go time. What do you do? I take my goggles and move them onto my forehead and then charge! <laughs> <laughs> so he's 35 feet away from me. So basically I, can get, I can't quite get to him at half movement. And if I dash, then I don't have an action. Correct. Yeah, so I'm going to run See, and I, let's see, just really quickly, now that it occurs to me that I'm a little bit too far away. Um, if um, I throw an axe, um, how close can I be before it's at disadvantage? Anything past 20 feet will be at disadvantage. Yeah, I'm going to move to within 20 feet, so I'm still at normal attack. I'm not at a disadvantage. Okay. And I'm going to chuck an axe at the Durger captain. Okay. So one axe goes flying. Oh, it hit. Nice. He's wounded. Six points of damage. And we'll throw the other axe. 22. Another hit. Another seven points of damage. All right. And that's, I have no bonus action because I used my attacks as ranged weapons, so... That is all I can do. Sweet. A couple of hits. Okay, so Cullen runs down the steps, hurling axes at a squinting Durgar. And Elric, you're next in line here. What do you do? All right, well, using my hands to feel the walls, because I can't really see that well, I'm going to run out. I'm going to run out 5, 10, 15 feet. And I see the Durgar. I see AC. I see the other Durgar, Durgar captain, Durgar warrior. And I'm going to shoot. Let me target Durgar captain. He is 20 feet away. That's fine. And I am going to shoot a fire bolt at him. So let us roll. Miss. Oh. 15 misses. That's okay. It's just, it's a cantrip. I can, I can shoot him all day. <laughs> all right, Esmir, the boys have run out and you hear the sounds of hurling axes and fire bolts and you're next in line. What do you do? Okay. I'm going to run right behind Cullen. Okay. So I'm going to um, target Durgar Captain, and I'm going to shoot a firebolt. 12 misses. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And then can I move Borbor? Sure. You still have your bonus action, right? Yeah. So his movement, where is it? It's 40. Okay. 35, 40. So he's going to run all the way up to right next to me and right behind Elric. Oinkity oink. All right, Jake, you are last in line here. The rest of the team has rushed out and you are standing alone in this dark passage. What do you do? <laughs> Just don't go backwards. <laughs> right. Just go forwards. <laughs> 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. And then there's a boar in the, in the, on the stairwell. <laughs> Um, but I come around the corner and I look and say, "Oh, now I see it now." And I'm gonna—I've got my um, sacred flame ready, and I'm going to uh, cast it down the stairs at Durgar Captain, uh, who is directly across from Ace Asilius in the middle of this room. And we shall see. Uh, Ooh, he failed. He, fa he failed. Yep, he rolled an eleven. Far out, man. And so, yeah, he failed his dex uh, save, and so he does 2d8 radiant damage to Durger Captain, 
and it only does five points of damage. And so uh, that is where I guess I'm going to end my turn because I'm going to keep my book with me right now. All right, so you guys have uh, sprung your surprise on these two gray dwarves, and the captain there is reeling from uh, two axes stuck in his chest as uh, two firebolts whiz right past him and a sacred flame then suddenly beams right down on him. And as they're you know, trying to get their bearings in this bright sunlight, all they have time to do is draw their weapons. So uh, that's the end of the surprise round. Let's go ahead and roll initiative. All right, we roll initiative. Ta-da! Ta-da-da! 13. 17. 17. Elric and I both got 17s. Sweet. 15. Ray Ray got a 14. Those are all pretty high. I rolled for AC. He got a four. Let's hope the Dugar captain and his warrior friend have less luck. All right, so as you guys rush down the stairs and get the drop on these two Durgar, you see that this room they're in is illuminated by a fireplace on the east wall. And on the west wall, there is a closed door that is flanked by two empty weapon racks. And on the north wall, uh, behind them, there is an archway that leads into a dark hallway. And Elric, uh, there is a surprise Durgar captain and Durgar warrior squinting under your beaming drift globe. What do you do? All right, I am going to um, let's see, 5, 10, 15, 20. So I will go to here and take a, take two swings. That's only 20 feet, so I'm going to take two swings with my glaive. Silius is giving you advantage. Oh, and Silius is giving me advantage. Okay, great. Excellent. Excellent. So, all right. So let me click on advantage. Glaive of sharpness. Ooh. 19. 19 hits. So damage. Five points of damage. They just nicked it. (laughs) So glaive of sharpness. Oh, advantage. Glaive of sharpness. Again, hit. 25 hits. All right. So glaive of sharpness. Damage. Ah, four points of damage. We'll see what the bonus butt does. Bonus action. Oh, advantage. Oh my goodness, this is crazy. Bonus action. Miss. Ah. Oh, the the butt butt misses. How's that even happening? Yeah, normally your butt is like your best shot. You're one of the most reliable bonus butts in all of the Faerun. <laughs> well, it, I was I was swooping it around as if he were a man-sized target, and I missed him. Oh, it just went right <laughs> over his head. You're just being a little too flamboyant. And that's it, because I've moved and I've attacked. All right, Elric has made his way down into the room and engaged the captain, and now we go to Jake. Yes, we do. And Jake is going to reach into his little pouch of goodness, and he's going to pull out his little holy water vial. And he's going to say, I am going to bless all of you. See, Agma wants me to help you, you see. And I'm going to flick down the stairs and splash Elric right on the noggin. And then I'm going to flick a droplet down uh, two stairs and hit Cullen on the back of the head. And then I'm going to uh, put a little dab onto um, Esmir in front of me. Drip. And then I'm going to take a swig. And then I am going to send the Book of Agma out down the stairs and at the Duragar warrior. And I'm going to try to like... Um, Swoop it in and sock him on the forehead with the Book of Knowledge, you'll see. Whack. Whoa. And I hit with a 27. Yeah, good hit. Thank you, Agma. And then this will do 1d8 plus 4 force damage onto Durgar Warrior. Thwack doing 5, 9 points of damage. It's been wounded. Wounded. And then I do want to move. 5, 10, 15. Between the raven and the boar. I just want to get in this room. Okay. Esmir, you uh, feel the blessings of Agma as Jake runs down into the room. What do you do? I'm going to move just two squares up, and I'm going to shoot a firebolt at the Durgar warrior. Okay. 
Whoa, what a between your blessing and the and her bonus, she hit with a seven. That's crazy. <laughs> That's right, baby. Jeez, Louise. That's right, baby. Thank you, Agma. Now yeah. to feel the burn, bro. Feel the burn. Ooh. Ow. 17 damage. Zowie. Wow. Good thing you can't see. Cause good thing you can't see that burning hole in your ass. Points. Buddy. Yeah. Heavy. All right. Nice hit. Uh, now, do you want Boromir to do something for your bonus action? Gore, gore, gore. I'm sorry. Gore, 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 gore. So I think uh, he can, if the boar moves at least 20 feet straight forwards, 5, 10, 15. Ooh. Uh, so he's going to charge. He's going to charge the Durgar captain. Okay, go for it. Five misses. Damn it. So close. I, I really wanted Boar Boar to kill Unless this you got an inspiration. Guy. I was going to say, does Boar Boar have any inspiration points? He should have inspiration. <laughs> he plays he's his an inspirational, role really well. He's an inspirational little <laughs> piggy wiggy. Yeah. But you know, don't forget that you can give your inspirations to anyone. Oh. Are you saying Colin could give an inspiration to Borbor? Yes. Yeah, you slap his butt as he runs by. You'd be like, go, Borbor! I, I can do that. I have an inspiration point. Are you doing it? Are you doing it? <laughs> yeah, so I'll give him an inspiration. Okay. Get in there then. Yeah, do it. Roll it again, Esmeralda. I had a good feeling about Borbor today. <laughs> Come on, Borbor. Bor. 13. 16. 16. 16. Nice. So Borbor Bor put his nose to the ground and he kind of did the whole thing like a bull and he scraped his feet on the ground and then he took off running. And as he started, as he was running, Colin <laughs> slapped him on the ass and was like, go Borbor. Bor. And then he was like, oink, oink. And he ran and he ran right into the captain. And he is going to charge him, so he's going to get extra damage. Well, first roll the regular tusk attack damage. Okay. So he does maximum damage. Seven Seven points. And then, because he charged, he's going to do another four. Four. Nice. And now, since uh, since Borbor charged and hit, the Durgar has to make a strength saving throw or be knocked prone. Okay, okay. This might be hard. He's strong. Oh, and he rolls a nat 20. Oh, no. He's not knocked down. He's succeeded. He definitely uh, avoids being knocked down to well, the ground. Well, dwarves are strong. What are you going to do? Yeah, you know? that's sure. true. Well, yeah, but still, so I are mean, peas. you got 11 points of damage. Yep. Nice. Way to go, Borbor! <laughs> All right, Cullen, you feel uh, you feel Boromir brush past your leg as he charges into the room and does some uh, serious damage to the Dorgar captain. What are you gonna do? <clears throat> I finish moving down the stairs and take a position, catty corner here to Dugar captain. Hey, Borbor! Hey, Asilius! And I take some swings uh, with. The vicious axe. Ah, yes, oh, 22. Yes. A good hit. Seven points of damage. I uh, better die this time. Another swing with the sword. 19 hit. hits. One point of death. Five. Oh, man. <laughs> Five points of damage. Oh, man. I see how this oh. is going. We're rolling low on damage tonight. Yeah. I was hoping I could save this for the other guy, but. A vicious battle axe swing. Oh, 17 hits. Thank you, Agma. Uh, thank you, Agma, <laughs> indeed. Without Agma, you would have missed. That's awesome. Uh, and then hitting with the damage. Seven, 17, dying exceeds by 10. He was yeah, so close. Nice. The captain goes down. Goodbye. I have some movement left, so I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to move here so that I can go after the warrior if he tries to flee down any of these, down the hallway or the door. Okay. All right, then we go to the Gray Dwarf. 
who is at one moment reeling from the sudden appearance of daylight, and the next moment, the room is filled with enemies and firebolts, and he watches as his comrade falls to Cullen's blades, and then get in his face. And uh, he's, already, he's already pretty injured from the firebolts, so he decides that he's, uh, he's gotta get out of here. So he disengages from Cullen, and begins running down the northern hall. And as he does, he yells something out in a weird dialect of Dwarvish. Oh no. Asshole. Would I be able to make heads or tails of it? Because I do speak Dwarvish. Uh, yeah, you catch a couple words that sound familiar. Something like, holy crap, we're under attack. <laughs> okay, that's cool, that's all I need to know. <laughs> all right, uh, Ray Ray's up. What's he gonna do? Okay, Ray Ray can move. 60, I believe. Let me check. 50. 40 feet. We'll put him right on 40 feet. I'm just going to have him chase him. Squaw! Okay. Ray Ray swoops into the hall and uh, flapping up above, holding a beaming drift globe, is Asilius. What's he going to do? Um. I can make it float five feet off the ground. All he has to do is let go of it and I speak another command word. Okay. AC's going to f- first fly over a square. He's going to go, whoo, and he's going to tell El, he's going to drop the drift globe right in front of El- Elric. Lotius. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the drift globe falls, and then it just stops five feet off the ground and just floats there. Cool. Okay. And then he's going to fly all the way up the hallway to the other side of the Durgar warrior. Okay. In front of him. In front of him. Okay. Aerial assault. Just when he thought his day sucked. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so this Durgar, uh, who is smoldering from some firebolts, is retreating down this hall, calling out an alarm when he is uh, suddenly surrounded by birds. And Elric, you can see um, well, it looks like he's running for a set of double doors on the east wall. What are you going to do? Okay. So, how far away is he? He's 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. I could run up to him, or I could shoot him with a firebolt. I'm going to shoot him with a firebolt. I think he wants another firebolt shock attack. Yeah. <laughs> I think he liked that first one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to shoot him with a firebolt and then move. Um, so, okay. Firebolt. Yes! <laughs> nice. Natural 20. Critical hit. Oh, boy. Plus, my bonuses comes up to a 28, so I hit him. So let me drop the damage on him. Which will be four D10s. Wow. That's a lot of dice, bro. 16 points of damage. Oh, my goodness. Exceeds, Exceeds by 13. Exceeds points by 13. Dying. <laughs> he only had three hit points left. <laughs> He's like a little skid mark on the on the concrete there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a charred outline of his body on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys have quickly defeated the two Durgar guards, but one of them was able to yell out a loud warning. But um, as of right now, the hold is quiet. What do you guys want to do? I pull my throwing axes out of the captain's corpse. I'd like to check the door. Okay. I'm gonna move to the archway of the door of the hall of the hall to the north and just keep my eyes peeled, put my goggles back on, and see if anything decides to come through there, through those doors that Asilius is in front of. Okay, so Cullen keeps a watch down the northern hall. And Jake, you approach the, uh, this iron banded door on the western wall and you take a listen and you don't hear anything and you also realize that it's locked. Hmm, all right. Maybe there was a key on the captain. Um, you search the guards and they aren't carrying any keys or anything of value. All right, I think that I would like to try my thieves tools. Okay. Um, yeah, so I can, um, get proficiency if I use my knowledge of the ages. So I might as well. I mean, that's what I've got it for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do I, do I just have to click the proficiency part of the thieves tool, right? Yep. There. So now I'm proficient. Mm-hmm. And now that gives me a plus four. And 
I just roll it, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute. Can mm-hmm. I can I also um, give myself guidance? Sure. Okay, cool. I'm going to touch myself. Oh, boy. Don't look. <laughs> okay. Now that gives me an extra D4. Now I go back to my... Pull out my thieves tools. And I roll... Oh, that sucked. Oh, Almost a 29. With all of that... With uh, yeah, this is a, a finely crafted dwarven lock. It's flummoxed you. Got you. I'm flummoxed, absolutely flummoxed. Esmia, come unflummox this lock. <laughs> okay, I'll unflummox you. But in the meantime, can I tell Asilius to fly down this hallway too, while we're flummoxing? Sure. Over here to see what's down there. Okay. Gotta go. I gotta go to my backpack. Okay, guys, hold on. Inventory. Oh, I actually got it around my neck. I remember I made a necklace out of it. Mystery key. Okay, roll a D100 and get higher than a 95. 43. 43. It doesn't unlock it. Oh. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. Yeah. So. Well, not if there's nothing on the other side of the door. Well, there might be something down the hall. I know. It's not empty dungeons. Yeah. That it's we're echo- playing. It's echoing dungeons. And dragons. I can enlarge, reduce it, but I don't know if it's worth a level two spell slot at this point. Yeah. I say yeah. we continue down the big hallway and not worry about this door right now. Did we. Did we listen at the door? Can I listen at the door? Sure. I'm gonna use my bionic ears. <laughs> what do I hear? You don't hear anything. Oh. It's quiet. Guys, there's nothing in there. I use my bionic ears. Well, if you use perception, you might hear something that, you know, you might not have otherwise heard. Well, he didn't tell me to roll perception. Do I need to roll? You don't need to roll. You don't hear anything. Oh, uh, okay. That's just the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, you hear a toilet flush. <laughs> Shoot. I would like to walk down this hall. Okay. Going north and stand in front of these double doors and uh, take a listen at these doors. Okay. Borbor's gonna go up the hall. He's gonna pass up Elric and Jake. He's going to go right next to AC there. Okay. And I'm going to come and go behind. Come and go. Elric. Make up your mind, girl. Shut up, Jake. There's could be a guy right on the other side of the door. <laughs> Make up your mind, girl. <laughs> I'm going to join the group. Okay. So you guys uh, pass under the archway and start heading north down this hall. And at the edge of your dark vision, right, about 60 feet down, you start to see that this hall leads into another room. And Elric and Jake, you guys are standing in front of a set of well-crafted stone doors. What do you guys want to do? I want to roll perception and listen. What were you going to say, the same, The same thing. Uh, roll perception and listen. Oh, a whopping one. Oh. Hold on a minute. Let me get my hearing aid. Senpai, where does your horn do I got 17. Okay. You guys don't hear anything. All is quiet. Okay. like to test the lock. Uh, there doesn't the seem to be a lock. Looks like they'll just slide open when you push on them. I don't like this. I got a bad feeling. <laughs> okay. Eric. Yes. Keep your drift globe close. Okay. I cannot see in the dark, you see. Let's go in. Yeah, let's open up these doors. Let's go in. Let's see what's happening. All right. You push on the stone doors and they smoothly slide open. And you look into a 30 foot long hall. And directly across from you, on the other side of this hall, stands another set of closed stone doors. And the hall's north and south walls are decorated with ornate brass torch sconces. And the torchlight flickers on the walls 
and illuminates mosaics of azure slate that depict dwarves fighting dragons. Cool. I smell a trap, guys. This is suspicious. Yes. Why would you put doors on either end of one chamber like this and put nothing in the chamber? Maybe the ceiling comes down or the floor goes up or both. Well, I'll go in. Me too. No. What? I'm only going to go in five feet, 10 feet. 15 feet, 20. All the way across the room, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) I'm going to go to here and then I'm going to stop and I want to look around the floor, the ceiling, the walls. Okay. Roll perception. I got a 17. Uh, It doesn't look like this hall is trapped. Uh, And you get the feeling that this... Uh, This hall is like an entrance hall, right? Leading uh, to something grander on the other side of those doors. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to come in too. Can I I look at the mosaics up close? Sure. I want to check out this this mosaic work here, see if I can get any tips for my own art projects. Check the dragons. See if they breathe fire. If there's like a little hole for like some kind of lighter fluid. Yeah. Perception or investigation? Uh, you could do either. You can roll investigation if you're up close and checking it out. Yeah, because I got a plus seven, so I'm really going to do a number on this thing. <laughs> 19 Whoa, plus seven nice. is 26. Very good. Uh, your investigation reveals beautiful craftsmanship. <laughs> The way the pieces of slate have been arranged, especially, you know, the dragon scales, it's just exquisite. Okay. Wow. This is real beautiful and it's not gonna kill us, which makes it even more beautiful. I take your word for it. I'm gonna move up here next to Elric by the doors. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna move up to the door and give it a listen. Mm, I'll help you. Can I have, uh, real quick, have AC go just up here a little bit and see if how far he can see if he sees anything. Sure. 19. 16. All right, so um, you two are listening at the doors and you don't hear anything. Mm. And Esmir, you uh, sent AC further north down the outside hall there. Mm. And he tells you that um, he sees a big empty room with a statue in it. Uh, it looks like perhaps a shrine. Hmm. Okay, this is suspicious, guys. It's too quiet. It's okay. Forge ahead. I'm gonna have AC stay there, and um, if we leave this room, I'm gonna have a column over to okay. fly back to my shoulder. Okay. And I'd like to have Ray Ray just inside the room with us. Okay. And then Borbor's just gonna stay with me. I'm gonna open the door and yeah. peer into the next room with my owl vision. All right, you push on the stone doors and they smoothly slide open. And you look in and see a grand dining chamber illuminated by flickering firelight. Two rows of four square pillars support a 30-foot high ceiling. And in between these rows of pillars is a massive stone dining table with high-backed chairs. In the far wall across from you, is adorned with a 10-foot-wide effigy of an ancient dwarf king carved into a disc of azure slate. And on each side of the effigy stands a fireplace with mantles covered in shiny brass plates. The rest of the walls are decorated with bas-reliefs of carousing and feasting dwarves. On the southern wall, there is another stone door decorated with brass and azure slate tiles. There's a lot of tiles in this room, guys. This is scary. Yes. Lots of blue, lots of brass. Azure and tiles and stuff. Like a blue club. It's like, buddy, guys. I wish to walk into the room. All right, Elric, you step into the dining hall. Yes. What are the rest of you guys doing? I'd like to follow. Okay. I guess I'll be following as well. Um, I don't know. I have trepidation. I'm going to move to this door over here on the um, northern side. You mean the southern side? Did I not say southern? You said northern. My bad. So I'm going to have AC come right here. 
Uh, he's going to move to the first set of doors we came in so he can see up and down the hall and into the room that we're in. Okay. It's kind of going to be a lookout. And then I had uh, Boromir go into the dining room place. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to... I'm going to wait outside the doors to make sure nothing bad starts happening before I... But I'm going to do it so I can see into the room. Okay. So you guys make your way into this grand dwarven dining hall. Something bad's going to happen. <laughs> and, you get, and you can tell, or, or you get the feeling that, um, you know, back in the day before uh, most of the dwarves left this area for the dwarven kingdom of Aramandar, that, you know, a dwarven king would feast in this great hall with all of his subjects. And as you make your way into this room, oh, fire suddenly shoots out from the northwest corner and the southeast corner, oh. like two flamethrowers. And the streams of fire are each 10 feet wide, and they travel all the way across the room. Of course, not in the hallway, but in the room. Yes, in the dining room. Oh, man. I knew this was going to happen. Dwarves. They're tricksy. And false. Don't you feel it getting a little warm in here? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I've drawn on the map there where the beams of fire are so you can see them. Ouch. Oh, Jake. I believe my cloak is on fire. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing I I, uh, moved to this door. Dwarves. Out of the range. Well, do we have to uh, make any, like, dexterity rolls or anything? Yes. Roll a save against shitting your pants. <laughs> Elric, make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Boromir, make a dexterity saving throw. Ray Ray, make a dexterity saving throw. And Jake, make two dexterity saving throws, because you're caught in both streams of fire. Oh, no. Shit balls. All right. Whoa! 22. Nailed it. Natural 20. Nat 20. I got a 13. Oh, shit. And a 12. Okay. Ooh, 19 from Boromir. He's a dexterous little piggy. Don't want to be roasted. It's too soon. <laughs> and I'll roll for Ray Ray. Come on, Ray Ray. And he rolls a 12. Mm. He's going to be poofed out of existence again. Ray Ray spends a lot of time poofed. Yeah. The pig dodges, but the bird doesn't. Yeah. Okay, so Boromir is close enough to the wall where the flames are shooting out of that he um, avoids the spread of the beam. Uh, Ray Ray, though, is caught in the beam and he poofs out of existence. Elric, well, he was ready for something and as soon as the fire shot out, he, he dove under a dining table, avoiding the blast. And Jake, you managed to dodge one of the fire beams, but as you, you know, stepped away from it, you stepped right into the other stream of fire. <laughs> oh, and man. you're gonna take a two d6 fire damage. Uh, oh, my beard, you! I'm a damned dwarf. All right, Jake, you take eight points of fire damage, Ouch. and this fire seems to have stuck onto you, especially onto your cloak, and you are on fire. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, I put the cloak out. Below, below. I throw it, I, I, I throw it off. I don't want to add oxygen. I throw <laughs> it off me as quickly as I can, and if I see I'm on fire, I'm going to jump and roll around on the floor. Hop, drop, roll! (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, there's something you have to do in order to extinguish the flames. That sucks. Mm. (laughs) Roll dice. Mm. You have to roll a dexterity check. Oh, shit. (laughs) Esmir yells out, Your cloak! Your cloak! Your cloak is on fire! (laughs) I need water! Don't let me burn! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, fudge pops. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so you rolled a three. Uh, so you're so freaked out that you can't extinguish the flames. And you take another D4 of fire damage. Damn! And you take another four points of damage, <clears throat> maximum. Ah! <laughs> put me out! Somebody put me out! All right, so the rest of you see that Jake's on fire. He's engulfed in flames. He's flailing about, yelling for help. So uh, let's stay in initiative order. Elric, what do you do? I am going to run up to Jake and just start 
beating the flames out with my cloak or whatever. Okay. I don't have any water, but I'm just, just, I take my cloak off and I try to smother the flames with my cloak. Okay, so Jake, uh, Elric is suddenly beating you with his, uh, with his cloak. <laughs> Roll another dexterity check with advantage. Here we go. Seven. Oh. oh my God. Jesus Christ. All right, even with Elric's help, you're unable to snuff out these flames. Uh, they're just sticking to you like glue. So I got 16 freaking points right now. Well, you're still burning, so you take another three points of fire damage. Ouch. All right, Esmir, Elric is uh, furiously beating Jake with his cloak, but to no avail. He's still on fire. What are you going to do? I wonder if I shoot a firebolt at him, if the fire will extinguish the fire. Don't they do that for, like, forest fires? <laughs> That's a controlled burn. This is more of an uncontrolled conflagration. No, that's how they stop forest fires. They build a... F yeah. Anywho, um, don't we have something that squirts water out? Doesn't somebody have something that squirts water? A water skin. <laughs> I mean, I have a water skin. Would that work? Probably wouldn't hurt. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to take my water skin out and I'm going to squirt it on Jake. <laughs> okay, Jake. Uh, Esmir's squirting you with water. Roll another <laughs> dexterity check with advantage. Oh my god. This better fucking work. I swear to God. I swear to God. Give me something. Yay! Hey. 17. All right, you put the fire out. Oh. Thank you, Esmir. Thank you so much. No problem, but My bro. ponytail is gone. And your, <laughs> your cloak is jacked, bro. It looks terrible. Does it still billow? It billows, but it doesn't got the same oomph it's that it used to. It's got all these holes in it now, rip through it. The air just kind of goes through. You it just kind of lifts a little bit. You billow ash. It just <laughs> ash flies off. And as you finish putting out the flames on Jake, you all hear a sound coming from the areas where the flames shot out. Clink, clink. Oh. It sounds like a metal banging against stone. Okay. It's reset. Yeah. I'm going to move away from the group. Yeah. Into the zone of non-fire. <laughs> yeah, but there could be another one. Well, we need to look for the switch. I would like to jump up on the table and get the hell out of the way. Okay. As like, quickly as possible. I'm going to move to here. Okay. What is on the far side? This whole... Is it... You got two fireplaces. What's in the middle of them? Um, in between the two fireplaces is a 10-foot-wide disc of azure slate. And carved in it is what looks like a dwarf king. Ah, okay. Yeah, he sports you know, a long braided beard, and he wears a large, sturdy-looking dwarven crown, you know? Yeah. And his hands are resting on the haft of a huge maul. Hmm. And the only other door besides the one we came in, is this one on the south side? Correct. Okay. So can I ask, um, when we were, when I was getting burned, mm -hmm. um, are the flames, is there a space on the ground that we can crawl beneath the flames or are they from floor to like how? Yeah. So they were about 10 feet tall, starting from the floor and 10 feet wide. 10 feet wide. Yep. So technically I could make a run and jump to that Southern door maybe, um, or at least close and, and beat the, beat the flame. I dashed. Um, well, when the flame shot out, uh, you saw that when uh, Cullen was down there by the Southern door, he was on the edge of the flames and he didn't get hit. Okay. So I think that we need to beeline for that door. Okay. Like super fast. I'm going to go there. All right. I shall follow you. I shall go here. And I'm going to change my, my cloak to the scary cloak just because I feel like it. It's just the mood you're in. It's the mood I'm he's starting. He's starting to get slightly enraged. <laughs> <laughs> so Colin, you're up there by the northern wall checking something out? Yeah, I was going to go see uh, if there was a way, if I could figure out where the switch was for this thing. It's got to be a way to turn it off. Okay, roll a perception check. 16. 
Okay. So you're looking at the area where the fire shot out, and you see that um, mixed in with the reliefs that decorate the walls, there is a small, like, four by four inch brass plate. And not too far below that brass plate, there looks to be a circular opening that is a little bit charred from fire. That's where the fire's coming from. Yeah. Um, does it look like the plate can move? Uh, possibly. I'm going to follow the path around the edge of the room and approach it from the side and see if I can't push the plate down. Okay. You push on the plate and it moves as if it's on a hinge, right? But you can't seem to open it very far, like it's stuck. But when you let go, it makes that kachink sound that you heard earlier. Mm. So when he pressed that button, it didn't do anything, is what you're saying? Correct. I tried to move the square. Maybe we Does have to turn? push them both at the same time. Oh, yeah. Esmeralda! Okay, hold on a second. Can I surmise what triggered, because I was at the door, what triggered the flames to go off? Um, you didn't notice anything happen that seemed to trigger the flames. You know, they just walked into the room, and a few seconds later, it happened. Okay. Esmeralda, check the floor right there by the door. Yeah, because they were on the floors here. Uh, I'm going to... Before I step into the room, I'm going to stand in the doorway. Can I look at the floor plates and see if they look like they're like pressure plates or something? Sure. You look over the floor near the entrance there, and nothing looks like a pressure plate, right? It's just smooth stone. Okay. And then I'm going to take a seal. Okay, hold on. I'm going to be creative now, guys. Um, I'm going to get something that I can stick out to um, kind of cross the path of the hole in the wall. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm going to take my, my like uh, cloak off and just kind of wave it in the room. Okay. And see if it triggers. Uh, like, like if it's an electric eye with no electricity? A mechanical eye. It's like it's sensitive to changes in, in I don't cloakage. Know, just, I'm just trying. Those flames hate cloaks. <laughs> Someone hates these cans. <laughs> <laughs> and Colin, as, uh, as Esmir's over there waving her cloak around, uh, you suddenly hear a squeaky metallic sound. Squeaky, squeaky, squeak. And you turn and see uh, that brass plate opening up. Uh-oh. I stepped to the side. <laughs> this happened This happened as soon as she stepped in the doorway? I didn't step in the doorway. <laughs> I waved doorway. my cloak from a safe distance. <laughs> from a safe distance. Square where the hole is, let's be That's clear. Funny. But you're standing in the doorway. Just... But I'm not in the square where the thing is, the fire right. was. Just... Right. That's a good so thing. So did anything happen, guys, when I did that? Anything suspicious happen? I heard a squeaky <laughs> screw. The plate moved. But it didn't trigger. No flames came a out. A squeaky screw. There's the next drink. Squeaky screw. <laughs> a squeaky screw. A what? The squeaky screw. Squeaky screw. That sounds thirst quenching, actually. <laughs> and as you guys are yelling at each other across this great hall, uh, Cullen, you see that um, brass plate that just squeaky screwed open suddenly shut close. Ka-chink! Mm. Uh, okay. Your cloak. And you start to get the feeling that something is operating it from the other side. <sighs> like a dude? Like I a dude? I think it's a person. Maybe me too. Maybe not a pressure plate. It's just somebody looking. And they Maybe. saw your cloak? Yeah. That seems and to be what they're They don't see doing. us because we're up against the walls. They, they seem to use a lot of peepholes. Yeah. They're really into peepholes, these guys. They are. They're, they're down yeah. with peepholes. Yeah. Or are they up with peepholes? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! Die, gas pupper!
heroes in the great hall of Firehammer Hold, making up new drink recipes and discussing peepholes. But what about the other dwarven dangers that await? Will Jake remember to use his artery scroll on Elric's next date night? Is Elric's bonus butt really the most reliable in all of Faerun? Eh, what would you roll to save against shit in your pants? Strength or maybe constitution or something? Well, who knows? Tune in next time to find out on Roll Radio! Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Roll Radio. Alright, so the party is in the hold, and I really loved how they made their entrance. I mean, I was totally planning on a lot of uh, stealth and perception checks, but that all uh, that all went out the window when they came up with the plan to use AC in the Drift Globe. And in this kind of a situation, uh, when the players come up with a, you know, a cool idea that makes the scenario more interesting or cinematic, uh, or makes them more, you know, heroic and badass, uh, that's the time to throw out the rules and go with what a lot of people call the rule of cool. Which is basically, um, if the characters come up with a creative way to use their skills or powers in a way that, you know, goes outside the normal rules in order to uh, make their actions or the scene more cinematic, then hey, why not let them try it? Right? Because that's why we're playing the game. To play in a fantasy world where we can do crazy things that make our characters, you know, heroes. Now, in this scenario, uh, the way I bent the rules was that I didn't roll any saving throws for the dwarves. I just gave the players a surprise round, uh, you know, because their plan was cool and creative and I wanted it to, you know, happen. So not a big bend in the rules, but enough to, you know, make them feel like their plan was successful and was uh, the right thing to do, right? So now there have been times um, that I've squashed players' plans of attempting a rule of cool moment uh, by simply saying, no, that's not going to work. And the times I do that is when the, you know, the crazy or wacky out of the box attempt will ruin or take away uh, from the scenario's tension or difficulty that I've put there to help tell the story, right? Or, or set the mood. Uh, and sometimes, you know, when the players want to do something cool and it uh, can involve a skill check, um, instead of, you know, throwing rules out the window, um, I'll just make the DC really easy, right? I'll make it like a DC 10, uh, something that they can easily achieve with their bonuses. Yet also, you know, there's a possibility of failure, like Elric uh, attempting to run and jump onto his horse in the, in the previous episode. Now, why didn't I just let him do it without rolling? Well, for two reasons. Um, you have skills for a reason, right? And rolling dice is, you know, a big part of the game. So the more times we can roll dice, uh, the more involved we can be. Um, but the second reason, and probably the most important one, is because if they fail, uh, it's another part of the story, and it's usually a pretty funny moment, like in the case of, you know, Elric missing the horse uh, when he attempted his fancy mount. Now, uh, you have to make sure, though, that you don't, you know, punish the players, you know, too much when they attempt to do cool things and fail, right? Because you don't want to discourage creative play. You want to encourage being cool. All right. Uh, and I want to encourage you uh, to be cool. Uh, see what I did there? And help support this podcast by donating or becoming a patron. Help us spread the word to others about how cool Roll Radio is. And the best way to do that is to leave a review where you get this podcast. Uh, this is a huge help and it helps us grow our audience. So do it and you'll be the coolest, most badass hero. Also, uh, check out Sirenscape.com, where I get all the in-game music and sound effects. See how you can up the coolness of your game. All right, I'm done saying cool, I swear. And the game we're playing is Dungeons & Dragons Scourge of the Sword Coast by Wizards of the Coast. Check them out at dnd.wizards.com. All right, thanks again for listening, everybody. And tune in next time to see how the gang takes on a fortified dwarven hold filled with peepholes. It ain't going to be pretty.